Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 50, as you heard by our brand new intro music, and as you saw by the title, some of the little changes that we have talked about along with our brand new anchor ad. I mean, things just left and right, brand new for the podcast, episode 50, some huge, huge things coming your way, and I'm sure you already looked at the length of the episode, but we're assuming it's going to be a very long one as we have 50 trivia questions to talk about. And we're recording just minutes after the Marquette loss, but in a world of college basketball, oh my goodness, what a day on Sunday. I'm Drew Lorenz, joined with Drew Skyberg. Drew, what a day it was. And man, episode 50, dude, we made it. We made it. Yeah, we're two weeks away from the one-year anniversary here on the podcast. But college basketball today was wild. You could even say Minnesota wild. And Oh, yeah. Marquette, ugh, I, I'm frustrated. I am not happy. I expressed my frustration to Jordan even right after the game. It's And there will be more frustration to come. The, I'll save the rant for later, but just it's tough. You know, it seems like they always run out of gas near the end, and that's what's happening again. And there's nothing we can do about it, though. We just sit on the sidelines and we watch them do this and that and that and that, and we just we cry, basically. That's all we really do. Follow us on social media, guys. We're all over the place. JD Sports Pod on Twitter, and that's where I saw Drew tweeted out the clip of Something we're going to talk about after the Badger game that certainly caught the attention of the basketball world and sports world in general. On YouTube, Jordan Drew, the sports crew. Same with our Facebook. That's Jordan Drew, the sports crew. We got our first ever Facebook message. And thank you for that message, actually. I messed up one of the YouTube videos and we got it all fixed. So I apologize for that, but it's back up. It's fixed. It's ready to go. And then Instagram is Jordan Drew underscore sports crew. And follow those EWC pages as well. We've got a lot of fun stuff coming as we're getting close to tournament time. Girls starting this week and whew, all of that. Let's get into the shout out, Drew. You're taking it over this week. A good old Valder Viking shout out before our first round of trivia. For sure. And we got to talk about the Valder's Vikings wrestling team here. A year ago, having no seniors and now they come back, you know, a year more of experience and they got three individuals heading to state. They're going, they're going to state wrestling here in Madison. Garrett Olness, he took first in his sectional, and he's advancing to state. And then Maddox Wendling, he took second. He's going to state as well. And then Luke Sutz, he took third, and that's also a place for state. Top three in the sectionals, head to state. So congratulations to those, those three on heading to state. And those all those guys, yeah. Hats Huge congratulations. Them. Yeah, absolutely. There's, I mean, no matter what it is, no matter what sport you're in, if you can make it to state, you're at the top of your game. You're going off like crazy. So, Huge congratulations to the Vikings. Here we go. We promised it for weeks. 50 trivia questions for episode 50. It all starts now. Drew, are you ready? I am ready. Let's go. So we're going to do these in batches of 10. And just like our normal trivia, you know, we'll space it out throughout the episode. Some of these questions, you're going to be like, oh, that was super easy. But I got to throw the easy ones in there because there's going to be some tougher ones as well. And let's start with question one. The Milwaukee Admirals are the NHL affiliate of which NHL team? Nashville Predators. There we go. A one of one start. Let's see how long Let's you can go. go with getting run wrong. Next question. The Rams recently won the Super Bowl by how many points? It was it was a three-point game. It was a three-point game. 23-20. Yeah. That was the score of that one. Next question. True or false? You're going to see a lot of these. Not that I got lazy as we went on, but a lot more true or false come as we get through this. True or false? The Nashville Sounds are the double A affiliate of the Brewers. False. They're triple A, right? Yes, they are the triple A affiliate. We've seen guys like Travis Shaw, Daniel Vogelbach last year. 
next question. They played on the sounds, I should say. What is the top score you could get in bowling? And you were actually just bowling this week, I saw. So you might know this. 300. It is indeed a 300. I have never done that, not even on the Wii. So nowhere near the 300 for me. Next question. In tennis, what is an ace? So when an ace happens, what has to happen in order to get an ace? It's when the opposing player um, cannot, like, cannot hit the serve. You know, it's when the yes. serve just... Yeah, I, I yeah. think when it's a really good serve, just gets right past them or they hit it back into the net. There we go. Five of five. This one might trip you up now. How many rounds are scheduled for a championship boxing match? So a big time boxing fight. How many rounds are there if it goes to a decision? Is it 10 rounds? It's 12 rounds. 12. 10 is standard. 10 but 12 standard. is what we see for all the big time fights. Some of the... Some title fights will be 10, but it's not like the big ones, you know, like the big time title fights. Men's college basketball has a shot clock that is how many seconds more than the NBA? Six. Six question or six seconds it is. Yes, it used to be 35. Now it's 30, 30 to 24, the ratio. Now this one you'll probably get wrong, but we're going to see. True or false. In rugby, a scrum is when one team throws the ball in from out of bounds. That's true. It's false, actually. Darn. So this, this scr- they do a really cool out-of-bounds thing where they like hold the guy and they hoist him up in the air. But a scrum, there's like a big-time scrum in the center. Both teams, they like, kind of huddle up and they push, and you got to kick the ball back. I love rugby. Next question, question nine. This is just showing the diversity of trivia. How many points is a goal in lacrosse? Three? It's just one point. Lacrosse oh, is one I, point. I, I, I thought was, I could... I was like... I thought I could throw you off, and it did indeed work. Final true or false question for this set. There has only been one occasion in MLB history when someone stole home twice in the same game. Only one occasion. That's true or false. Uh, Twice in one game. Okay, well, I'm going to say true. It's actually false. I was very surprised to see. there. There was nine times, nine times when someone did it in the same game. Two Double steals, so they stole home twice. Yeah, yeah in the nine same different game. games. And that's happened nine times. That's ridiculous. Okay. So that is our first round of trivia. What a way to start the episode. Let's move on to the stats of the week. There are quite a few stats here, and you will notice that they're all about Super Bowl. So we had to get them in here. Our recording schedule, it's kind of messed up with football, but a lot of Super Bowl stats. The team to win the coin toss has now lost eight years in a row. This is just, I mean, this is just bad luck, I guess. I don't know what is happening. And maybe, so maybe, I guess, the thing is, if you win the coin toss, maybe you should receive instead of defer. Maybe that'll break the curse. I don't know. Next one, this was the first matchup in Super Bowl history. So that's 56 Super Bowls, where both starting quarterbacks have had a losing record in the regular season. Not really fair for Joe Burrow. He was 12-13-1. But Stafford, 86, 95, and 1. Honestly, Drew, I thought Stafford's record would be a lot worse than that in the regular season. But it's, like, kind of close to 500. Yeah, you got to think. He was on some, I mean, some playoff teams in in Detroit. As weird as that might sound. But uh, earlier in his career, uh, they they, they, had some success. Uh, But, yeah, tale of, you know, just tale of two seasons for for Burrow. And look look at what happened with Stafford when you put him on a, you know, a juggernaut like the Rams. A winning culture, to say the very least. Cooper Cup this year won the triple crown for receiving. 
most catches, yards, and touchdowns. He was the Offensive Player of the Year. He was the Super Bowl MVP. To put in perspective, Jerry Rice is the only other wide receiver to do that, and that was in Jerry Rice's entire career. Cooper Cup did it all in just one season. Absolutely insane. Joe Burrow was sacked 19 times during the playoffs, most in NFL history, and he was still one drive away from winning or tying that game. Unreal. The last stat, 101.1 million viewers for the Super Bowl, up 92 million from last year. Drew, this was, put it in your last, it's a sigh of relief, right? Baseball viewers going down left and right, and see the Super Bowl crack over 100 million viewers once again, it's a great sign for sports. Yeah, it, it is, and I think I think baseball after, I think it might be on its way up. Let's see, because with the Universal DH, I think they're doing some things in the CBA. Hopefully, you know, we get it all approved. We'll talk about it in the episode, but I hope I hope they're on the trend up as well, but it's looking good for the NFL, like usual. And I also feel like it's just the teams in the Super Bowl, right? Like last year, you had Brady again in it. And uh, this year, it was some fresh guys. You know, Matthew Stafford never in it. Joe Burrow, just his second season. Like two likable teams, in my opinion, getting in there. It makes a big difference as well. Here we go. Trivia, round <laughs> two. Ten more questions coming your way. The Milwaukee Bucks defeated who to win their most recent NBA championship? Phoenix Suns. And now the next question. We'll see if you know your Bucks or not. Who did they beat to win the first NBA championship? The only other time they won it. Were they the Baltimore Bullets or were they Washington Bullets? It's the Baltimore Bullets. I'll give it to you. You said that first. Baltimore Bullets. That's some good stuff. All right. Let's go. Now, next question. How long is each round in the UFC? How many is it, minutes? Is it three minutes? Incorrect. That's boxing. It's five minutes in the Dude, UFC. This is- I got I to gotta learn the differentiation between them both. Yes, you do, but that's why we're doing this. We're getting you there. True or false? In water polo, you are allowed to have two goalies. Two goalies in the, at the same time. I should uh, you know, I could go to my water polo expert, Sean Wu, but I'll say, I'll say true. It's false. You're not false. allowed two goalies. It's, I guess they really are all false to start. We'll see if that trend continues. Next up, name the 2021 World Series MVP. Jorge Soler. There we go. Not a bad start. Three of five here. So you're nine of 15. What is the new name of the Washington football team? The Washington Commanders. Yes. Next question, true or false? Here we go with these again. It is impossible for a championship boxing match to end in a draw. Um... Is it? I, 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 uh, <laughs> don't get, ones. don't get stuck on the true or false category. I'll say now. false. It is false. It is you, false. Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, they end in draws all the time and it's kind of rigged. So we'll have to see. But next question, pretty easy. Aaron Rodgers is now on how many MVP awards? Four. Yes. Four is the magic number for Mr. Aaron Rodgers, who is the only person to win more MVPs than Aaron Rodgers? Peyton Manning with five. All right. Yes, indeed. And now next question. This one you'll probably trip up on. Question 20. Which NHL team just recently won back-to-back Stanley Cups? The Tampa Bay Lightning. Wow. That is very impressive. Eight of, eight of 10 in the second round of trivia. So if we add up eight of 10 with the most recent, you're 14 of 20. Yeah. Not bad to start. Whew. Let's move on. On this day, the date today. February 21st, 2022. And I implemented this first one on the day 1948. NASCAR 
is incorporated. So I don't really know what that means. Does that just mean NASCAR car becomes a thing? Like it's the real deal. It's finally here. I don't know. But Daytona 500 was just yesterday. And there's like, I heard 140,000 people there or something. It's absolutely absurd. But the NASCAR was incorporated on this day in 1948. Let's go five years later. There are some crazy stat or crazy ones on this day. On this day, 1953, the longest collegiate basketball game, six overtimes as Nigera beats Siena 88-81. Never even heard of either of those teams. I don't know if they're a thing uh, anymore. Niagara, that's probably Niagara fault. Like that's probably over there. You know, I would assume, but that's like weird. I, I don't I'm... know. You're probably right for sure. But 88-81 and the game went six overtimes, like that just goes to show how low scoring basketball was back in the day. On the day 1968, baseball announces a minimum salary of 10 grand. 10 grand is the minimum. That's crazy. Oh, I like how that's a, oh, go ahead. Sorry. That's a topic, you know, right now in the CBA, yes. the minimum uh, salary. It's a good one to include there. Absolutely. 10,000 owners want it lower. Yeah, absolutely. We want about five grand. And now this next one is probably the craziest thing we've ever put on the state. On the state in 1979, two Iowa girls high school basketball teams play four scoreless quarters. The game was won four to two in the fourth overtime. Now, I don't even know where to start. Were they that bad that they missed all the shots? Was it one of those games where they stalled and they had like two shots a half or two shots a quarter because they were playing quarters? I don't know what happened. And then for it to go four overtimes and finally end four to two must have been the most boring game of the history of basketball. Definitely no shot clock game, I'd say. No, um, absolutely not. We, we would see. And, and with that, obviously, there, there had to be some sort of stalling in the game. We've seen this happen before. You know, in early NBA games, the ABA, well, for a shot clock, teams would actually do this. They would win, like, there were some other low-scoring games, like in the teens and the 20s. I was going to say, yeah, those are like 20 to 16 or something like that. Yeah, and that, those are professionals. This is high school. So I, we've seen actually high school teams, I point out, you know, Valders and Southern Door, there was a game a few years back where they actually stalled for probably five, five, ten minutes of the game. Like, this, this still happens. So Honestly, it's pretty smart, though. Like, I know a lot of people hate it, but if you can do it, why not? For sure, yeah. On the stay in 1985, the largest NBA crowd to date. So this was fitting because last week we were just talking about the largest crowds and that sort of thing. 44,970 people as Atlanta was at Detroit. And finally, to round things off, very fitting for one of the topics on the stay in 1993, the 43rd All-Star Game went to overtime from Salt Lake City. The West beats the East 135 to 132. Carl Malone and John Stockton the MVPs of that game. Why were there two MVPs? Do they always have two? Well, those two guys are like teammates. Like that's the one and two combo uh, or, you know, famous one, two punch that jazz had. Not always. I'm sure they must've both had just great games. And it was also in Utah. So I'm sure that had a lot to do with it, but eh, a little biased to end on this day. Let's go to some more trivia. So what we're going to do here is we're going to do trivia. And then like the middle of weekly sports talk, we'll take a break, do another round. And then we'll finish off the episode with the last round of trivia. Question 21. True or false? Oh, boy. Here we go. In their inaugural season, the Vegas Golden Knights made it to the Stanley Cup Finals. True. Yes, they did. That was them in the Capitals. Ovechkin finally got his first Stanley Cup, but I was rooting hard for those Golden Knights. Who was the only team to beat Gonzaga in men's college basketball last season? Last year, they lost to Butler. Not, not Butler. Oh my gosh. Don't know. I didn't study Butler. I said Baylor. Oh. Okay. We'll give it to you. 
We'll give it to you. I almost cut you off, but you got no, it out I, just in time. It was Baylor. I was going to say, I watched Wait Butler. I watched Butler play the, this afternoon against Providence. So the B Butler on the mind. Yeah, let's let's go local oh. now. Horizon League. Which team is leaving in 2022? UIC. Yes, University UIC. of Illinois, Chicago. The A lot Flames. of controversy there as they're leaving. But next question: True or false? A casino was charging $5,000 to park there for the Super Bowl this year. True. Yes, it was like see that. Yeah. It was like in walking distance from SoFi Stadium. They were charging 5 grand to park. Next season, what streaming service will be the exclusive home of Thursday night football? Amazon Prime Video. That's going to be weird and it's going to be on Prime next season. We'll see how that experiment Aikman, goes. Maybe we might see him leave. Yeah, I don't uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't be against it. True or false? Corbin Burns was the first brewer to win the Cy Young. Nope. That's false. Pete Vukovic in 82, and then Raleigh Fingers did it, I believe, like 84, 85. It was like back-to-back years when I was looking it up. I think it was 81 and 82, yep. but I don't know for sure. How many points per set in volleyball? Points? What do you, like 25 to win a set. Is that yeah, what we're 25. Talking about? Yep, that's, that's what we needed, so you got that little confusion. Next question, true or false? The area, this is going to be a good one. In pickleball, the area from the net to the closest white line is called the kitchen. Is that true or false? Okay, well, I, I play, you know, I, I did my time playing pickleball in high school. I love pickleball. I never referred to it as the kitchen. Um, I'll say true, though. It is true. That is the professional term. They do indeed call it the kitchen. There's There's a lot of pickleball rules. My uncle's a big pickleball guy, and Man, that's in, that's some intense stuff. Where is the Little League World Series held? It's in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yes, it is. And next question, a little biggies to end. What state is Providence in? Rhode Island. My goodness, a 10 of 10. Let's third go. section of trivia, 24 of 30. As we move to the weekly sports talk segment, this is some good stuff. And let's talk about the MLB to start. Let's get it out of the way. Spring training. I've got up the words right here. We regret that without a collective bargaining agreement in place, we must, and must is a key word, must postpone the start of spring training games until no earlier than Sunday, March 5th. That's also kind of interesting how they said no earlier, but they said we are committed to reaching an agreement that is fair to each side. On Monday, members of the owner's bargaining committee will join an in-person meeting with the Players Association and remain every day next week to negotiate and work hard towards starting the season on time. Then the MLBPA, the Players Association responded. I loved the response. They said, the MLB announced today that it, quote, must postpone the start of spring training games. This is false. Nothing requires the league to delay the start of spring training, much like nothing required the league's decision to implement the lockout in the first place. I love that response. They were just kind of going off. You can tell how frustrating it is for everyone at this time as we try and navigate our way through this lockout. Spring training, Likely still going to just be pushed back a little bit. I still think we'll get it. I don't, I don't have, I don't think the season will start on time, but if everything goes well this week, there's potential. It does. There was one meeting last week that lasted 15 minutes. So honestly, I've kind of lost all hope at this time, but Drew, something's got to change. Yes. And exactly. Something's got to give too. So we're looking, you know, the union, they did revise its proposal on arbitration. So that's something, you know, we're seeing them kind of, Move more in the middle. So they propose then now to be $115 million 
an increase from the previously proposed 100 million pool. So like that's the additional 15 million there, uh, which is a plus. Looking at you know what, like looking at the lockout situation, certainly a lot of people are you know frustrated with this on both part in both parties, of course. But we really don't have much other. You know, we got to see. Wait until. Um, more things get, you know, revised and they meet more in the middle. And hopefully they, like you said, mentioned, they plan to meet every time, every day, this upcoming week, starting today. So they can say that, but I mean, how long are the meetings going to be? And we, we need to make sure these meetings are, you know, we get their, their, there's progress made in these meetings and it's always a good sign to see, you know, the players, you know, resubmit a proposal, like a revision in the arbitration proposal. Cause that's one of the main problems there, of course. And then also like the years it takes to be arbitration eligible. There's a, there's a few main things right now and they're going to gladly, you know, uh, keep, you know, make spring training delay it more weeks. If it saves, you know, each one of the parties, you know, millions of dollars. And then I know it, it hurts the revenues of looking at the spring training cities. Cause like Jordan, you're, you're you yourself, you plan to make a trip. Yeah, yeah, Arizona, Florida, all those places. Well, my question is, if they keep delaying spring training, are they just going to have like a one to two week spring training or do they have to get like a full month in before they can actually start the season? It could be a condensed spring training. Right. But that's uh, it, it, we'll have to wait and see. Because, I mean, if you only have a two week spring training or a week and a half spring training to start the season on time, like some of these players are going to be a little iffy as we start the season. Yeah, you're 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 right. Um, and then also we, we can get into it in another episode, but then the competitive balance tax, it's a, it's a big thing right now. You know, everything with the lockouts and other issue and we, yeah, hopefully they can still, the goal is to start opening day on time, not spring training, spring training would right. obviously be they kind of spring training is almost an afterthought at this point. Right. And that's, that's why it got delayed. Um, I was a lot, if we look these first few weeks, you know, it's a lot of just getting guys back in camp some exhibitions against some college teams, not, not a whole lot of, you know, um, not your big, your big names aren't playing. It's, it's more of yeah, a time no. to let your let guys prove, you know, to themselves, you know, prove to management that, Hey, we can play. Uh, and sadly teams and players might not have the opportunity this year with that, with this happening. So, well, and I think even if they do like make it like one to two weeks, like I've been saying, you're going to see some of the bigger names play more and get more at bats and stuff. And then some of those college and younger players probably won't get to go as much. So anything else there for the MLB? Oh uh, yeah. We got to talk, you know, the big news and they'll be, that wasn't really, it was kind of shadowed, you know, the whole lockout thing with the Eric K trial. And that was mm-hmm. with the tragic death of Tyler Skaggs, you know, it happened on July 1st, 2019. So it's been almost three years already, but been a minute it's uh we learned you know and eric k was the former angels employee you who he was in connection with the death of tyler skaggs so he was um supposedly giving giving um players pills you know like it was opioid abuse was kind of the main thing and the big news was like the oxycodone pills that um five players you know they took the stand and one of them of course being matt harvey and he testified that, like, um, he he acknowledged um, that Percocet pills were were provided by himself to um, to Skaggs, and he was, if he testified, he was given immunity, and therefore he he kind of told the story basically, and we learned about a lot about going on with that 2019 Angels team with 
with the use of opioids and it just it was just scary stuff to hear about but yeah he was indeed sentenced i believe it was a minimum of 20 years in prison was yeah the it was so, something bad like that but yeah this is certainly unfortunate and uh, it's just a sad sight for baseball and i'm, I'm glad you know justice you know was proven here and Eric is serving his time, but it's just tragic, the whole Tyler Skagg situation. And now we might see even Matt Harvey. He's a free agent right now. He's still, even though he was given immunity by the court system, he still could be suspended for, you know, the, his drug, the drug use that he admitted to, which I believe could be a 60-day suspension, not a 60-game, but still worrying, you know, for Harvey's career. And he, he recognized even that, like, his career, you know, he's putting his career out to testify Oh yeah, matter. So yeah, you know the risk at that point. Yeah, um, yeah, and it was a minimum of twenty years in federal prison. So that starts June twenty eighth. So that's not gonna be an interesting thing there, and that kind of wraps up the baseball talk. We'll be talking about another suspension on the back half of trivia when we get there in the world of college basketball that's coming up. But first, let's do a little hockey talk real quick. Team USA in the gold medal game loses to Canada. They were down three nothing. It was like 1130. I went to bed. I'm like, I'm not staying up for this anymore. The night before I stayed up to watch the U.S. men, they lost in a shootout and that was a qualifying game. So it like wasn't even getting to the bronze medal or anything like that yet. So very sad sight for both. I mean, silver medal for the girls. That's not too bad. You know, the women get their silver medal losing to Canada once again. But the big story that came out of the men's hockey team, they got a noise complaint after the Olympic loss. So they were all partying and stuff at the Olympic Village and some of the other People that were there, they weren't too pleased with the whole thing, but it was just a fun article I read on ABC News talking about how they were going out and it says no property or anything was damaged and no one got kicked out, but there were some noise complaints and that was just pretty funny overall. Otherwise, in the world of the NHL, Minnesota Wild, they played last night, so not totally updated standings, but as of right now, they're very close with the St. Louis Blues and the Nashville Predators. Colorado is the clear number one at this point in time, 36-9-4. I mean, the best record in hockey. They find themselves with a whopping 76 points. Next closest is the Florida Panthers with 73. But yeah, the Wild, they're trying. They're fighting and crawling through every step of the way. The Arizona Coyotes, who will be seeing about a month from now, are 12-33-4. So a great record for them as they're still, I mean... They're still not the worst team. Montreal Canadiens are the worst at 10-33-7. They got 27 points, and the Coyotes have 28. So, I mean, it's close for the bottom of the barrel, but they're not quite there yet. Our bet of the week, Drew, this week, we're spicing it up. It's actually going to be for the Minnesota Wild. So I wanted to talk about this real quick before we did our bet. Question. So, long bet. Obviously, that just ended with Marquette. I asked you if they'd win out. You lost to that because you said they would with that loss on Sunday. So I have that marked in there. I'm five and five. You're three and seven. We bet on the Super Bowl. You picked the Rams 35-27. I picked the Bengals 24-21. Are we calling that a wash because I won the points and you won the team? Or should we count I, I think that? Team's more important. I mean, you think I, team is more important? I'll give it sure. to you. I don't. Yeah, I don't no, know. I, I think team team trumps uh, score for sure. All right. I was I was like just a point off. I mean, I was so close, but I'll give it to you. You're four and seven. I'm five and six. So that's where we stand right now. I will bold the Rams and strike out my Bengals as they lose. I wanted your opinion on there. The other one we got right last week, obviously, was brilliant over under three and a half at Roncalli. Roncalli wins. We'll be discussing that soon. The only other bet we currently have going 
as our long bet of will Aaron Rodgers remain a Packer. So that we're watching out for at this point in time. But my bet this week, Minnesota Wild over under one and a half wins. So I'm going to get the standings back up just so you're able to get a little bit of knowledge as to who they're playing this week. But the Minnesota Wild, they find themselves in a position where they have three games. They're playing every other day, basically. They're playing the Ottawa Senators, all three games on the road, by the way. Tuesday, so tomorrow, they play the Ottawa Senators. They play the Toronto Maple Leafs on the 24th. And then they find themselves playing the Calgary Flames, a nice 9 o'clock central game. And that is coming up on Saturday. So three games over under one and a half. Let's start on Tuesday. The Ottawa Senators, they're no good. They're the worst team out of the bunch. 18, 25, and 5. Toronto Maple Leafs in that same Atlantic division, 32, 13, and 3. And then the Calgary Flames, we got to go up all the way to the top of the Pacific where the Flames are 29, 13, and 6. So it's a tough week, and this ends four straight road games for the Wild. Over under one and a half wins. I'll go under. Um, okay. I think that's the move you got to make when you're going three games on the road, uh, especially to two you know teams that sound pretty. Yeah, two good teams. Pretty it's, good. Yeah. You're, you're playing a great Calgary team on Saturday. You're playing two decent, or you're playing a bad team and then a decent team. Not I'll go over. Yeah. yeah. Not a lot of rest. This is the point in the season where they said you're not going to play in the Olympic or, or we're going to play through the Olympics and they're just squeezing things by at this point in time. So I'll go over as that ends our bet of the week this week. We'll have to see how that fares, but let's go back to trivia. Cause we've just got basketball talk to round out the episode trivia next section. Here we go. There's quite a few true or false ones here. True or false. There are 500 laps in the Daytona 500. False. It's false. There are 200 laps. It's 500 miles. I didn't know if I'd throw you off on that one at all. Let's go to a little horse racing. True or false? The Kentucky Derby is the beginning of the Triple Crown. Ooh, um, I'm going to say true. Correct. It is indeed true. The Kentucky Derby is the first one. And then it's like the Preakness and then the... I don't know what the other one is. Something, something. They've got three, though. The Resch Center hosts which hockey team? The Green Bay Gamblers. The Green Bay Gamblers do indeed play there. And our next question is true or false? The age range. So the Gamblers play in the USHL, the United States Hockey League. True or false? The age range to play in the USHL is 18 to 25. True. False. I knew this one would trick There you. is an age range, though, right? There is an age range, okay. but it's it's 16 to 21. It's young guys that it, play for the gamblers. So it's a little bit younger. How that works, 16 to 20. I didn't even know it was that young. Yeah. But then the AHL with the um, Predator, you know, with the, the Admirals, with the yep. Admirals, you know, Predators uh-huh. team. That's because that's a, any guy. Like you can be any. Age. Yeah, no age that, range. That's yep. So, yep. Okay. Yep. So that with the USHL, that's a younger one, though. So I didn't, I, when I, I went to a gamblers game a few years ago, and when I looked it up, I was shocked to see he was 16. But there's some good feisty kids in there. Like one of them was committing to a college at one point in time. It was kind of crazy. Next question. If a volleyball game goes to a fifth set, how many points do you need to win? 15. It does indeed go down to 15. Your high school knowledge will have a little bit better there. Name the 2020-2021 NBA Finals MVP. 2020-2021, that would be Giannis Antetokounmpo. 
Yes, last season it was indeed Giannis. Josh Lindblom played in what overseas baseball league? It was the KBO. It was the KBO. They were on ESPN for a while. They had that whole stretch that went on. Next question. Was Baker Mayfield the first pick in his draft? He was. Yes, he was indeed the first pick. Kind of crazy to think about when you go back in time. Now, sticking in football, where did Derrick Henry play in college? Alabama. Yes, Alabama was the school. Big powerhouse there. True or false? We'll see if you listen to my NHL episode where I went over this. A win in the NHL accounts for three points in the standings. Is that true or false? It goes, well, because the shootout with a loss, Mm -hmm. that counts as one. Yep. And then it's a matter of if it's two. That's true. It's false. It's two. Two. It it is two. Okay. Yeah. So Uh, it is just two points, but another eight of 10 round. So not too bad at all. 32 out of 40 as we move to our final set, which will end the episode. But overall, that's that's not bad. I mean, there's a lot of knowledge coming, a lot of different things passing your way. And let's talk basketball to round off the episode. We'll do it again where we go high school, college, and then we'll end with some NBA talk. I wanted to mention the Lincoln Ships. How about it? They win both of their games this week, 68, or last week, I guess, 68-61 beating Sheboygan North, and then 52-37 an hour road to Pulaski and with a 15-point win overall. Really good job. Good to see Braden Kennedy get back involved. And I wanted to read you this treat, Drew. I treated it out on my account. I don't know if you saw it at all, but I was kind of puzzled by the way they worded this. But as for the ship, so the, it says, and I quote, Ships defeat Pulaski 52-37. DePierrick with 17 and Peterson with 10. Ships are starting to utilize 6'8 center Spencer Wiegand more often in the post. He's shown continued improvement throughout the season. And, you know, I mean, it's good to tweet that, but, like, why are you tweeting that? Like, why haven't you just been using him more all season? I don't know who runs his Twitter account, but I was kind of thrown off by that. Like, why Why do you feel the need to tweet that? Like, just, and you didn't even include Spencer in the points. I don't know. It was very, very weird the way they put that. And then the fact that it was in, like, third person is saying the ships. I didn't like the tweet at all. But it's good to see Spencer get more involved. Too little, too late, in my opinion, but... Nothing you can do about it here as we move on to the brackets. We're going to talk about the Ships girls real quick just to get them on. They play this coming Friday night, February 25th, 7 p.m. They're on the road at Homestead. Ships got a 15 seed. They will head to Homestead. If they win, they come out on top. They will head to either Menominee Falls, who's the 10 seed, or Divine Savior Holy Angels. So that is one of the matchups that the ships could play. And as for the boys, let's talk about Lincoln. They got stuck with a 10 seed in the semifinal. They will play Friday, March 4th, 7 p.m. They will head to Marquette. Marquette, two years ago, defeated Lincoln 35-7 in football in the playoffs. Ships finally got back to playoff football. They got walked by Marquette. I don't know what will happen in here. I haven't done my research on Marquette yet. But what I want, Ships got to win that one, and then they get to play DePere again for a third time. DePere, one of the best teams in the state. However, Ships hung in there with them both times. I think that would be a huge third meeting that could potentially end up in the Ships heading to the sectionals. You never know. You can't count out Lincoln. And as for Manitowoc Lutheran, I know this is a discussion point in my EWC breakdown tomorrow with Ron Colley getting the one seed Manitowoc Lutheran boys, they are the nine seed. They head to Oconto. That game 
is going to be on March 1st, a Tuesday night road matchup for Lutheran, who got stuck with the lower seed. They got the nine, but if they win, Drew, Lutheran-Roncalli rematch. Roncalli killed them earlier in the year without Ethan Menges. Should point that out. Yeah, I ooh, that, that game's going to be interesting. I know we know Roncalli has a sour taste in their mouths from last year. But look, this Ron Cali team is looking good. Um, after you know, we were a little, little concerned with them against Brilliant first time round, but we'll talk about it on this episode. Oh, we're getting Brilliant, to it right now. round, yeah, round two, and it's looking good right now for the Jets. I think you know Luke Pouts, player of the year. I think he really solidified. Has to be right, right there in that in that second game there with them kind of splitting conference plus his monster stats. He's still putting up, so it's looking good right now. For the Jets. Yes, yeah, 62-48 win. Roncalli over Brilliant. We're going to talk in depth about this game because Roncalli was up at the half. They were up 21-13. They were up by like 10 or 12 points in the second half. Brilliant kind of clawed their way back, but ultimately a 62-48 for Roncalli at a, I don't know if it was sold out, but we're calling it a sold out jet hanger. Place was packed from some of the pictures I saw. And yikes, the Brilliant, Brilliant only had four players score. Grady Geiger once again led the way with 15, then Caden Holly and Jeremy Lorenz both with 12, Parker Braun with 9. It was all about supporting Cass, and Ron Colley surely had one. Four players in double digits, Pouts and Yonda both with 14, Fisher and Witsack with 13 as well. So, I mean, Drew, this is a completely different game for Ron Colley. They were actually shooting the ball well. Yonda made six free throws. He was six of eight. Witsack was four of four from the line from three. They only shot it 16 times. So kind of notice the adjustment there. Pouts, five of 11. Fisher, five of nine, four of seven for Yonda, four of five for Witsack. Overall, huge, huge win for Ron Colley. Exactly. And they did exactly what they needed to do. Credit Coach Joe Garceau with some adjustments that we knew that needed to be made. Starting, you know, the supporting cast, they, they showed up. We talked about if Roncalli's supporting cast shows up at the jet hangar, good luck to the Brilliant Lions. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, we saw their supporting cast. Here they are. You know, you talked about it. Four guys in double digits. That, that's what matters. That, that's doesn't, gonna, that doesn't happen often for them either. That's what's going to win you games. Uh, not letting, you know, Lorenz, Lorenz had 15. He, he still played well. Don't get me wrong. But, or I had 12, my bad. Uh, yeah, but he, 12. He, he, he still played well. And, He's he's still, you know, top player in the conference as well. And Ron Colley just did what they had to do to I, shut him down. But Ron also, Colley. if it if it wasn't for Grady Geiger, Brilliant probably would have lost bad in this one. Yeah, and Grady Geiger still put was a lean scorer. We saw him game number one kind of be that guy who kind of won like that X factor, you could say. But uh certainly the adjustment of only taking sixteen instead of thirty plus they took in game one. That, and that Fisher took seven of those 16. So there's a lot right there. He, he made, made three of them. He did indeed make three of them. But I, I like the I like the move by, you know, Garso. Noticing, watching the game, you know, we saw him kind of attack the paint more. We saw Pouts. It was great to see Pouts. You know, he didn't have to do everything, right? Right. He was really able to still put up 14, 8, and 5. Four steals for Pouts as well. But he was still only taking 11 shots. Um, he really able to you know keep the ball in his hands. He led the team in assists, and he was able to get get his players open, and they were able to make some shots because we we did see you know in game one they were getting open shots still. They're just missing them. Some bad, missing bad. Some forces by Witsack too, but he went four for five this game. Saw him kind of be more controlled, I'd say. 
but I, I really liked what we saw out of Ron Colley. Uh, again, start of the year, Robert, you and myself, we did predict, you know, a split here for this. So no surprise for me. I, I think for any of us that they split the series here, both exceptional programs, top programs. Yeah. They play the, 10 know, times a year. Each team wins five of them exa- and likely yeah, on their home court. This is, yeah, this is a good, as good as it gets in the EWC. Robert Schimek, shout out to him from EWC Sports and, you know, part of the sports crew as well. But he made an excellent preview video. If you've not seen it yet, please oh, yes. go back, go back and watch it. You know, who cares? The game's over. Who cares? Brewing lost uh, this one, but it was an excellent video and it really, you know, it got people fired up for this game. And like, like Jordan said, sold out jet hangers, how people could word it. But brilliant, you know, we'll, we'll talk EWC stuff. You know, Jordan, of course, guys, Tuesday thing. But next Tuesday, hopefully Robert and I are going to take over, talk some bracket stuff. But, you know, it seems like Brilliant's kind of stumbled to the finish line, you could say. And this was a game that they definitely wanted to win. You know, statement win if you swept Roncalli. And, but hey, Brilliant got the one seed. And if you look at it, that's kind of what matters. I mean, you play the regular yeah. season to get to the get good seeding for the postseason. But now they got to really, you know, Coach Jimmick and the, and the Brewing Line squad, they really got to work on, you know, just sharpening up their game for playoff time. And, I mean, I guess you could say you can take your foot off the gas a little at this point, but why? Why would you at this point? You got to get ready for playoffs, stay in tip-top shape. No need to do anything and kind of just lag your way to the end of it. Any other high school basketball talk? Or are we good to go to college? Let's go to college. So, we're going back to last Tuesday. So, on the 15th, number four, Kentucky went down. They lost to Tennessee. Volunteers beat him 76-63. There's a big-time Big East matchup on Tuesday night as well. Villanova beating Providence 89-84. Providence was in a huge overtime game Sunday. We'll talk about that when we get there. Wisconsin barely survives Indiana. Johnny Davis with 30 points as the Badgers won 74-69. Game that was way too close for comfort. Michigan State, the 19th seed. They lost by four to Penn State. Then 22 Wyoming lost as well, but that doesn't really matter. We're just looking at the top seeds. It's Gonzaga beat Pepperdine 86-66 on Wednesday night. Another big matchup on Wednesday, Texas Tech beating Baylor 83-73. Drew, I'm concerned about this Baylor team. I don't think they make it far in the tourney. Yeah, um, we saw a big injury too for that Baylor squad. Yep. One of their stars going down. Uh, it's not looking good right now for Baylor. I won't I mean, say Butler I'm, this time. Will not say Butler. <laughs> you, won't, you won't say Butler this time. But I mean, Baylor still only five losses on the year. They've got they're playing tough teams, losing to tough teams. But at the end of the day, I just don't think they have it in them to do what they did last year. I that's one of those teams that could get bounced early and bounced before the Sweet Sixteen. I don't know. It depends who they're facing, who's on that side. But also, Rutgers beat the 12 seed Illinois, 70-59. Kofi Cockburn with 20 points, 10 rebounds, double double. Not enough. Rutgers beat Illinois last Wednesday night. So that was a big time win for them. Not a whole lot happened on Thursday night in terms of ranked games. Friday night, basically the same thing. But then we go to Saturday night. Number two, Auburn goes down a late win for Florida, beating Auburn 63-62. This is a big time win for the Gators, taking down Auburn, who has now lost three games this season. And Drew, I know... It's just kind of a bad loss to Florida team in your conference, but what are your expectations for Auburn in the tournament? Because I feel like that's going to be one of those teams who's ranked high, but doesn't really go too far. They don't have that experience in the tournament to make a deep run, in my opinion. I'm sure some will pick them to win the whole thing. And we we did see Auburn, you know, they went on that long winning streak, but 
there are a lot of questions with that Auburn team because, of course, you got your juggernauts. You know, you got you got the teams you expect to perform in the tournament: Duke, Gonzaga. You know, you could throw even like Kansas in their teams with these long runs of these long runs of success. Where you're like, hey, you know, I think they can do it. But oh, yeah, Auburn, you, they're usually not in that conversation at least if we looked like the last decade, right? So, right. There, there are certainly a lot of questions with this Auburn team, you know, looking at Ken Palm as well. I always like to use that. They're ranked number six right now. So there are, and of course, uh, teams ahead of them, not saying this tells the tale, but it's Gonzaga, Kentucky, Arizona, a team that's played really well this year, 24 and two Baylor. Oh, yeah. And then your Kansas Jayhawks, number, yep. number five. So there's teams ahead of them that you could certainly take. Auburn, they're going to probably still get that one, two seed, maybe even a three if they keep slipping up. But yeah, they might drop to three even, which no, is kind of crazy. I I'm, I think, you know, Sweet 16 still is certainly in the realm of possibilities, of course, with them. You know, I, I, you could even see them. I know upsets are are certainly a possible thing. But like I yeah. said, we got to see the brackets first. We got to know who's where, and then we can kind of determine what team is going to make a run and do a whole lot of damage. Illinois, they got their win back, beating Michigan State 79-74. Tennessee, volunteers go down, and then they lose to Arkansas after a big win earlier in the week, losing to 23-ranked Arkansas by 10. Iowa beat 18-ranked Ohio State, so a lot of ranked teams losing on Saturday. Sunday was the big day in college basketball. Whole lot to talk about. Two overtime games. Providence survives, beating Butler 71-70. Providence was down 19 points. Butler blew it, had a wide-open three with 10 seconds left in overtime. Just missed it off the front of the rim. Houston, in a two-overtime game, beats Wichita State 76-74. Wichita State 13-11 and this year, 4-8 and in conference. They always find a way to make a run in the tournament, but... The big story, other than the Marquette game, which we'll talk about afterwards, Wisconsin beats Michigan 73 or 77 63. It was a close game for a while. It was tied at half. And then it was like Badgers were down a bit. And then all of a sudden they were up like 15. They ended up winning by 14. Big time win for the Badgers, beating Michigan, a team who's kind of struggled all year long. But at the end of the day, the story of this one. Jawan Howard, after the game, goes over to Coach Guard. He was talking to him about Guard took a timeout with four seconds left because he did wanted his bench players to be able to get the ball back up over half court. And Jawan did not like that at all. And he let Coach hear about it after the game. And then just kind of a scruffle happens. Everyone's everywhere. And then the assistant coach, they called it a punch. He got slapped. I mean, Jawan kind of like threw his arm out and it was like an open hand sort of thing off the side of the face. But either way, not allowed. They showed in the Marquette game at halftime a similar situation last year where things got heated at halftime. No punches or anything were thrown there, but this year, punch was thrown at a Wisconsin assistant coach, and that there's no room for that in college basketball, in any sport at all. This was just distasteful. I don't even know. This was terrible. Yeah, I, I tweeted. I was like, I, I said unbelievable, and I think that really sums it up. I you, this, this can't happen in any sporting event this can't happen in any sport especially you know and honestly it was over nothing too yeah and that yeah he could be mad all he wants but then you gotta look what he what what his players or how he coached let's look what happened what he, what he did you know howard late in the game um he, he was running he was pressing these badgers reserves you know some yeah. walk-ons and it, and his response was it wasn't a press it was just pressure defense man to man sorry that sounds like a press to me 
Um, it's exactly what he's like describing a press. He, he described a press and it, it's tough on his end. And then it's just, you know, some start. I believe he still had a start or in even, you know, with it, like late in the game, still when the game got out of hand. So it yeah, goes both very ways. Very desperate. And you, you can understand if, why guard took the timeout with, you know, because it was with four seconds left. He wanted a chance for his walk-ons to get the ball across the court. And he mentioned official even mentioned he could call timeout. You know, it's, it seems like, this got out of hand for a whole lot of nothing, you know, you, you could say. And I feel like it was just his whole season frustrations just kind of came out of him at that moment in time. And it exactly. just happened to be and, Wisconsin on the opposite end. And he, he did not apologize postgame. Did no, not issue, he defended it. He defended his stance. And I, I don't know what we're going to see, you know, suspension wise. I'm sure we'll see a lengthy one for sure. Right. Should so, be. I, I'm interested. I'm intrigued to see what, the Big Ten commissioner decides to do here because we did see Wisconsin's athletic director. They did. He didn't call or he did indeed call right after the game about, you know, <laughs> and rightfully so. This was this can't happen. Um, I, I I don't know. I was lost for words after seeing this. I looked at Twitter in disbelief. Um, and well, we, we got to still talk, you know, Johnny Davis, national player of the year, right? Uh, yes. Wow. Um, I know we're really a Marquette podcast here, but. Look at what the dude puts the team on his look, back look every time they Davis need him has done for this Wisconsin Badger team. If, if he's off that team, that team, I, I don't even know where, where they would be. Right. Uh, they're not, they don't uh, have good bigs at all. That's a big concern. Exactly. And that, that's kind of how you teams have beat Wisconsin. We look, you know, some of the teams that have beat them, Providence, Nate Watson, Illinois, and of course, Kofi Cokeburn of Illinois. So it, there's, you know, that seems to be like who, who beats them. And we, even when we talk Marquette, that's also a common theme for them as well. We'll but, talk about that. Wow. Johnny Davis, national player of the year. I think I, I want to say it's a lock, but we have to see how he performs. But right now, call it, call it an award, right? I mean, he has bad games from time to time, but even like his bad games are pretty good. He had the one where he scored four. That was his worst game of the year by far. But other than that, his bad games are like 15 points, seven rebounds, this and that. I mean, he just, he forces shots from time to time, sure, but the dude is just good, and there's no other way to put it. Marquette, tie 46-46 the half. This was a, a, just an all-out shootout. I mean, you can say no defense was played, but lights out shooting from some of these teams at times. 83-82 is the final. Marquette goes down. In the final minute, Marquette had two wide-open layups that they missed. Darren Marcel turned the ball over, just a terrible turnover, and then Justin Lewis steps on the out-of-bounds line. All that in the final minute. This game was... I don't want to say it was handed to Marquette, but they had so many chances to come back and they couldn't do it. They failed to do it. Darren Marcel led the way with 23, Lewis with 10, Kirkweth with, or uh, Lewis with 11, Kirkweth with 10. I mean, a huge day for him. Five of five shooting. Marcel was 11, 18. He hit those middies like it was nothing. But Cam Jones, you want to talk about him? 18 points, just a huge game off the bench. And then Creighton. When time came for them to step up, they had five guys in double digits. They really don't have anyone on the bench at all besides the guy who came in last. He reminds me of the Bucks guy, like Andre Melishvili or whatever. This is Andrew Kelishvili on Creighton. I don't know how to pronounce these names. I tried my best, but he put up big minutes at the end. Otherwise, I mean, Creighton got the job done. They had their bigs that were dominant, and there's really nothing Kirkweth or anyone could do to stop them. And also, late in the shot clock, that is what killed Marquette, not offensively, but defensively. Creighton would either somehow find an open lane to the hoop with three seconds left, or they would just hit this wild circus three-pointer. They did it so many times where they were just hot. 
at the end of the shot clock. And at the end of the day, they beat Marquette, whether Marquette likes it or not. Tough game. Uh, that's the way I sum it up. I'll have to correct you, Jordan. It was Greg Elliott who stepped on the out. He kind of messed up that last step oh, on. It was yeah, him. You're right. And but wow, um, this was frustrating for Marquette Nation. This is a game, you know, you wanna you wanna keep winning, you you wanna end that losing, you know, the losing record they've been having the last game few games as of late. They they rebounded with a nice one against Georgetown, but this Georgetown team is not great. But yeah, Justin Lewis, not really an offensive force this game. Um, 0 for 3 from 3, and that's kind of, you know, that's been his moneymaker last few games. Uh, Greg Elliott, you know, did play well. I, I mentioned that last mistake. That, that's a game-costing mistake right there if you want to single out plays. They also Tyler zoomed Cohen. in on it, and he was very, very close to the line. Like, I don't know if he was that much over. If he I, was I, over. I do agree with you on that. Yeah, I was looking when at that. When they zoomed in, like, that's really hard for the ref to see, but that's your one job, dude. you got to be right there. All you're doing is counting on your arm, and you just got to stare at that line. Sure, he leaned forward, but, like, when they did the super zoom, I think he had, like, this much room left. I don't think he was out, but that's such a tough play to call in real time. I don't know why they such, couldn't review yeah, that. That's a tough Review rules, interesting, but it's a judgment call yeah. right there. And he, he did move it forward enough. Like, if he didn't move it forward, you know, he had a guitar open. So a mm-hmm. l- little bit of, like, kind of a, a double take, you know, a little, little stutter, I'd say, like, with the ball, maybe is how I'd word it. But Cam Jones played exceptional this game. He kind of took, you know, he, he played that sharpshooter role, and he, he's a scorer, uh, four for six from three. He, he's, been, he's been playing well as of late. Kirk Queth played very well offensively, five for five, really made some good putback plays. Yeah, it's all easy buckets, but still. He's still, you know, he's still making those those dunks. You're right. Easier plays, easier scores. But Tyler Colick only played 15 minutes, one assist. That that's the story. That's concerning. Him and Lewis not really doing much offensively. Or I mean, Colick seven points, but not really doing much, you know, stats wise. If we look assists wise, I'll say for Colick points wise for Lewis Colick. They, they played really, you know, they played the pick and roll very nicely today. They played, they, they really, you know, Kolek's a guy you got to stop. You got to not let him make plays. And Creighton did that. It feels like they did that both meetings against them. Even that double overtime loss, New Year's Day. Really been able to control Kolek is kind of what Coach McDermott wants to do. And they were able to do it. But talk three about, bench players had more minutes yeah. than Kolek. That's concerning. Yeah, exactly. Uh, prayers out to Alex O'Connell on Creighton. That was scary. I, I, I know you. That, that was something we don't want to see. Uh, hopefully he's okay. But how you beat Marquette has been a common theme here. You know, running the offense through the big man, Ryan Kalkbrenner, uh, was a guy who we saw very active in game one against them. And in game two here today or yesterday, same thing. Um, he put up. 21.7 boards. It seems Queth is an excellent. I mean, he's an excellent shot blocker, one of the best in the country. But once, if, if you get in the paint with him or, you know, he goes for blocks a lot. We, we've seen this with Theo John the past few years when he was a Golden Eagle as well. I mean, it's almost like they're searching for the block, yeah. not that shot contest. And when that happens, you know, a, sol- a team with a solid big is going to be you. So Creighton beats Marquette twice. Providence with Nate Watson. They win the second time when he plays well. We look at it from there. Um, then for UConn, Sonogo beats them twice. So that's, that's five losses right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just, that's a kicker right there. I mean, that, that's just something coach Shaka smart. You can't blame Shaka for this game. I think he put his players in a great position to win. Look at, oh, they, they blew it. They, they, blew, they it. blew it. Yep. Lewis, you mentioned that Euro step layup, blew it. Uh, how Elliot do you miss that? Blew it. 
it was an excellent move, but like like you texted me, but he didn't finish it. So who cares? Yeah. Right? yeah. And and you and yeah, for sure. Um, no one's gonna look at it if you miss it. They're gonna look at it if that's like a game winner, but you're not good. That's not a high highlight real thing if you can't finish. Yeah, and I, I was high on this Marquette team for like the rest of the way out. I thought they could really, you know, make some noise. If they and, were gonna stumble, this was gonna be the game to lose. Yeah, and I talk about it. They say stumble. Like we saw him ranked a few years ago. I have to say a few years ago, Steve Wojciechowski. Didn't really put his players in a good position last year. And then with Howard, you know, when Marcus Howard were talking now that year, you know, when they had, they had the, it was the infamous Murray state year with John Morant. Um, they, they really stumbled to the finish line last year. They stumbled. Uh, we saw them lose right away in the, in the tournament, well, the Big East tournament. And that was their season. Right. So no, no NIT appearance even. So, yeah, that was sad. I, you know, I'm frustrated with this, how they've been playing and their reward. You know, they play Butler again next week, too, or this upcoming week. And that's they lost them last time. Hopefully they can rebound. But it seems like they're stumbling to the Big East tournament. And you cannot be doing that. The Big East Conference, it's going to have, I, I would say right now, maybe five tournament teams. Um, Probably just five, lo- just maybe looking through even it, six. Right? Or, yeah, uh, I'll go six. Sorry. I, I forgot, you know, Creighton. Creighton right. was a bubble team, but now. It, it might even be seven. We got to see how they finish. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Because Seton Hall, I misspoke there. Uh, Seton Hall was the bubble team I was mentioning now. So they've they've six for sure, and a seven is a maybe, right? With with Seton Hall there, and St. John's played well as, as of late. Yeah, um, Georgetown own fifteen in conference. That is, and Patrick uh, Ewing still got an extension. Well, Jordan, he let his team that the team he had last year. They won the Big yes, East. I know they won the Big East tournament, and they. Made the, the that wow that was that, that was impressive. So and that can't be replicated though. No way. No. Um. I think he, you keep him as a coach. This is just not. You have year. to. It's not just a bad group of kids. Your, um, yeah. If you want to word it like that, Jordan. I, I, okay. Anyway, <laughs> I'd say talent wise, it's not. It's not where it, it usually is for George, the Georgetown standard, right? Sure, that's a little better De, way. DePaul being uh, DePaul, you know, they're usually the bottom team. They, they, they're three and 13 in their second last look not a good not a place to be if you're georgetown's our point marquette now nine and seven they this game was basically for that fourth spot um in the big east and uh, it's looking like they're gonna finish you know number five maybe maybe they sneak back up to four maybe. I, I, if you're a golden eagle fan i'd be a little worried right now and it's not because of shaka it's just overall player performance right now i think lewis still finishing Lewis is still a Big East player of the year candidate. I think he's still my favorite, but still not looking good. Not at all. And that's our college as we move on to the world of the NBA. The All-Star game happening an hour from now as we record. It already happened last night. And I I told you this. I record the dunk contest every year. Like If I am like have nothing better to do, I'll watch it live. But I feel like it's just a lot of wasted time. So the dunk contest, I had it recorded with everything else. I was going to watch it Sunday morning and... Saturday night, I was looking through my phone, looking through Twitter and everything. Worst dunk contest ever. That was terrible. LOL, what a joke. This is bad. Garbage. No 50 out of 50s. Dunk contest has failed itself. I mean, there was just like so many bad things about this dunk contest. I just deleted. I did not even watch it at all. Didn't watch a second of it. And Drew, overall, though, Saturday night, how was everything? How were all the challenges? Carl Anthony Towns winning the three-point contest. That was a shocker. He was like plus a thousand or something like that to win it, but the big man did get the job done. Besides the disappointing dunk contest, hopefully everything else is all right. Yeah, we'll start with Friday. Uh, we saw the celebrity game take place. 
And with that, um, I'll just say, we'll say Team Walton beat Team Dominique Wilkins, right? I I think we can leave it at that. Miles Garrett threw down a dunk, Jordan. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I should find that. Don't don't say it's a joke. It it, it still wasn't, you know. It's actually kind of fun for what it is. It's fun. And then the Rising Stars sponsored by Clorox this year. And it was oh. a mini tournament format, first to 50. And then the championship was first to 25. It was cool. I like the format this year. They really fixed it up. Cade Cunningham, MVP. He didn't disappoint hey. even being the number one overall pick. How'd Luca Garza do in there? Probably terrible. Was a lot Did of he fun. even play? Um, well, yeah, there was rosters. So um, oh, okay. I got to look. I, I, don't, I don't. Was he? Was he there? Um, I hope so. No, he was not. What? There's a lot of other guys. Jordan, mm, um, that's pretty League ignite players as well. And there's just some nobody from the Bucks. Um, they really don't have, you know, young yeah. guys like they're, they're a solid team overall. They're, they're experienced. And they also did the Clark's clutch challenge. This was fun. This was a lot of fun. I'd say um, it was between the semifinals and the final of the rising stars challenge. And what happened or the rising stars games, uh, what happened was, you had to make five different iconic shots from NBA playoff history. And it, it was cool. Like there is, there's a who participated in this. Um, it was rookies. It was certain rookies, okay. you know, uh, the one team that was famous for all the wrong reasons was Scotty Barnes and Tyreek's maxi. Uh, there's a clip actually of Scotty Barnes missing, you know, wide open layup after wide open layup after wide open layup after wide open layup. Like, like you cannot make this up, Jordan. It was, it was one of the worst sequences you'll see. It's a meme right now. It's, I'll have to check it out. You, uh, yeah, you, you indeed will have to. Um, it was baby, the baby hook is the one he was missing. It was literally just like a layup you had to take. Top of the key, mm-hmm. right wing, corner three, and then a logo three. And you had to do that, um, and they timed it. And the it, it was cool. Uh, there was some duos in the one that team that won. It was Team Desmond Bain and Tyrese Halliburton. So the Oshkosh native uh, took care of that. So that duo, did, they did it well. They did it in a whopping... 39.1 seconds. That's impressive. Whoa. They must have made that half quarter at first try. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, there's an order that they had to go in, but it was it was cool. So that wrapped up, you know, the Rising Stars challenge stuff. And then we'll talk Saturday. I'll go quick. There's the all-star practice. And then they did an NBA. They did a HBCU classic. So that's for like the historically black colleges and universities. And that was that was awesome. They put Howard and and Morgan State, two HBCUs, in the game. They they did a face off there, and it, it was fun. Um, entertaining games for both both programs. Howard ended up getting the win, so that was cool to see. They overcame a twelve point deficit to win that game. Like I said, against Morgan State, and they're doing a lot of great stuff for the HBCUs. They're giving out scholarships and just raising you know money because some of these these schools are expensive. Um, so it was just exciting to see the NBA really, you know, help out and, you know, make a change and using their platform for, for the good. And that's what we've saw. So talking then about more events in it, we got to go then to the Saturday night showdown. I mean, it was the oh, free yeah. event thing. We started the skills challenge. They, they changed the format a little bit there too, Jordan. Um, it used you know, to be like a head to head sort of thing, you know, head to head. Now they got teams. The rookies, oh. the calves, and then the Antetokounmpo's. Uh, Antetokounmpo's, really? Bros, I'd say. Oh, okay. I like that. But it was it was pretty cool. Um, it just kind of, you know, round one was team shooting. Um, Antetokounmpo's, you know, 
Alex Antetokounmpo is on a G League team, Thanasis on the Bucks, and then Giannis. Shooting is not really their forte. Um, no. And there's different like hot spots you could shoot from, like and um, certain amount of points you get. You cannot shoot on the same one twice though. So you'd see teams like alternate from a, a two spot to a four point spot, and like sure. on, on the wing, like they were. It was a strategy going. It was smart. And you both teammates were rebounding for you. The Cavs blew teams out of the hour. They swept that one. You know, they, they Garland was making everything. Mobley, a big man, was doing well. Yeah, Team Giannis, they didn't really make a lot of those. Um, I believe players, like two guys on the Cavs, actually outshot all three on the Kumbos. Oh, boy. So that didn't really do well. Team passing, that was fun. Uh, then round three was Team Relay. They did a relay. That was that was cool to see. It was, was kind of like the classic, you know, skills champ. Yeah, where you dribble, that's what I think of. Dribble, yeah, throw it in this, yeah, run the through relay. here, and make a layup. The final was half court shot. So uh, we saw, yeah, we saw the team, team Cavs. They they did very well, and he and Moby just needed one attempt from half court to. Oh wow! Be, yep, that was so. Team Cavs dominated, and hey, it's in Cleveland, so that was cool to see. The three point contest. We'll talk about. Carl Anthony Towns set a record, you know, in the third, third round there in the final round, my bad. Um, wow. The six foot 11 center, you know, shocked a lot of people. Uh, and he, Luke Kennard and Trey Young, they didn't have a chance, you know, even because he did so well. Uh, it's cool. Jordan, they have Mountain Dew spots, two of them that really count for three points instead of the two point. Cause then you have your money oh, ball rack for two points. I was going to say they used to have a money ball rack. They still do. They still do that. So, okay. Um, that was awesome because it's like it's like your four point shot, right? Sure. They had two of those, and we saw Towns actually hit one of those. It's pretty cool. Um, overall, though, NBA let him wear um, Towns wear a necklace, you know, and to honor his his mother who passed away, which was which was awesome because usually they don't let players wear jewelry, and they made an exception for. Carl Anthony Towns, so that was perfect. Something, and he really dedicated his win. It's, it seemed to his to his mother, so that was exciting. Um, but that that was my, you know, that was probably one of my favorite events of that night. But yeah, to wrap up that night, because was this is a dreaded dunk contest. Obi Toppin did win it. Um, they're famous. What came from this were, were, were memes. I, I'd say um, it was it was not you know a lot. We saw Juan Toscano Anderson um, of the Warriors, former Marquette alumni. You know, he played for Marquette. So that was cool to see him there. You talk about, but not an exciting dunk contest, Jordan. Um, if you didn't watch, so miss out. Um, it's they, they're, they're, we need changes, right? Um, to, and <laughs> it was just not exciting. Now, players took forever to dunk, right? Um, just there's a famous meme, you know, Dwayne Wade took a nine and flipped it over to a six to see what he thought. <laughs> it was funny. So, and then Sunday, the NBA Legends Awards, and then we saw an NBA G League next gen game, G League Night versus the Cleveland Charge. And then that All Star game was at seven o'clock yesterday. So, we'll hear, we'll talk about that more on Thursday's thing. I'll do some sort of NBA midseason recap, might be myself, just myself, or I might be have a guest on. So, it'll be exciting. But overall, it was some of the new formats. Rising Stars look that that was awesome. Like the format skills challenge, love that three point contest, amazing. You know, fun slam dunk contest, no. And then also the HBCU classic that they were able to do. 
hopefully we see more of that. It was on three national net- networks, television nationally, three different places, NBA TV, TNT, and ESPN too. So love that. That's got to stay. So good stuff, Jordan, overall for All-Star Weekend, I'd say. But just got to relook at the dunk contest. Yeah, I'm just sad. I used to have props and fun stuff. One time I feel like it was outside or something. It was good stuff, but not anymore, I guess. So we'll see if it gets fixed. Final round of trivia before we wrap things up. They're 32 of 40 going into the final batch. Next question. Are the Iowa Wild affiliated with the Minnesota Wild? Iowa Wild, Minnesota Wild. I'll say true. Yes, they are indeed affiliated. I mean, that one could go either way, right? They might just have Wild in the name. And I thought, you know, with them being from Iowa, maybe you'll throw you off. Next, true or false, beach volleyball is played to 21 points instead of 25. Is that true or false? False. It's true, actually. They do only play to 21. I looked it up just to make sure. The eight ball in pool, what color is it? Black. Yes, black. That one was very, very simple. But this next question, true or false? 150 is the top score you could get for a round of three darts. So I don't know how well you know your darts and your dart boards. True. False. It's 180. You can get three triple oh, 20s. So triple 20s are more than the bullseye in the middle. Gotta work on my iMessage points. games. Yes, you do. You have to work on that. Absolutely. Little League World Series, we're back to that one. Do games in the Little League World Series go six or seven innings? They go seven. No, they actually they, go, they six. go six. Oh, yes, my. They do oh, indeed go boy. six. It's all falling apart here down at the final stretch. True or false basketball is the only sport where you can wear the double zero as your number. True. It is. It is indeed yeah. true. I wasn't able to find a situation where you could wear another one, so I guess that one's up for consideration if you can anywhere else, but I certainly couldn't find it. Basketball is very weird in that aspect. True or false, our final true or false one. You can only pull your goalie in hockey during the final five minutes of the third period. False. Yes, it is false. You could pull it anytime. You could have it pulled the whole game if you want for that man advantage. Next question. In soccer, there are the penalty kicks, and in hockey, there's the shootout. Do those two follow similar formats? Are they both basically the same thing in different sports, or are they different? Well, you could say yes and no, because the shootout, I mean, you come up and dribble more, you know, you come from all the way back there, right? But at the end of the day, it's kind of the same concept, I, yeah, I guess. It's, it's the same concept. I get what you're going for, because in soccer, I mean, you really have the ball in the same place. In hockey, you get to move the puck. But yeah. That's it's my... the same concept where you got to make it and miss that sort of thing. Okay. Yeah. If like two guys make it, then the third guy's got to, you know, that. But all right. Anyways, next question. Here we go. Two more. In college football, you're forced to go for the two point conversion starting in what overtime? That is overtime number two. It's actually overtime number three. three. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's the third overtime where you're forced to. Final question. Let's see if you can go six of 10 in the final round. The XFL, what year does it return? It returns in 2023. Yes, next year we get our XFL football back finally. So there's the USFL that's starting up this spring. I don't know. I'll check out a little bit of it, I guess. But it's certainly no XFL. No one can do what the XFL does. But overall, one, two, three, four, five, six, 38 of 50. In our final round of trivia, that's not bad at all. And overall, episode 50 in the books. What a what a week. What an episode. I mean, that's huge. It was insane. And we have a big week, you know, coming up. Probably a five-episode week. You know, it looks like that's how it's going to be. So 
you know, keep listening. This was fun. Thank you, Jordan, for 50 questions. That was awesome. Good work. Thank you very much. I have a busy week myself tonight, Monday night. Bricks, WMT Sports Talk. I'll be on it for the first time ever. Me and Brian Norton. It's on around 5.15 or 5.30, something like that on WOMT. Goes until like 7.30 or I don't even know when. I don't know what we're talking about. I don't know what's going on. We've got a guest from TR, their strength and conditioning coach. He'll be on. Then Friday night, I'll be at Lancer Circle. Myself and Dan Franz calling the action regional as the Lutheran girls host the Howard's Grove girls. The Howard's Grove girls advanced via a forfeit. They're supposed to play Tuesday night, but I think they were going to play Destiny. And Destiny forfeited for whatever reason. So I don't know. And then if Lancers win, I'll call their game again Saturday night, which will likely be in Laconia, about an 80-minute trip from where the Manitowoc Lutheran girls play at Lancer Circle. Uh, Jordan Law PXP on Twitter. That's all I got, Drew. Shout yourself out and we're out of here. Yeah, you guys know the drill for me. It's Drew Skyberg, D-R-E-W-S-K-Y-B-E-R-G on all platforms. Yeah, yes, fun. indeed. It was a big episode, episode 50. And Tuesday, tomorrow, EWC Boys and Girls Breakdown. We'll be talking all about the boys seating and how those teams round out. Wednesday, Drew's College Athlete Spotlight. We've got two potential guests. That could be on for Wednesday's episode. Drew will have an NBA midseason recap Thursday. And then Friday is Journey to a Million, episode 11. Are you guys talking the Rams on that one, or is it still to be finalized? We're going to be talking a team in the offseason, their okay. plans. All right, and we will see what happens then. Thank you all for listening to episode 50 of Jordan Drew, the sports crew, the perfect podcast for you.